Hi everyone, uh, welcome to Legends of the Spire and thanks for joining us again. Uh, before I introduce today's podcast, I would just like to announce that we are delighted uh, to have been shortlisted as one of the best non-league podcasts uh, at the Football Content Awards. Um, voting is now open uh, for the winner, uh, so you've got until um, October 2021 to place a vote. Uh, if you go to uh, www.footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting and then scroll down to the Best in Non-League Podcast Award, then please do select Legends of the Spire. Uh, it'd be lovely to win an award. Uh, completely unexpected, since I only started it this year uh, as kind of a small little thing while lockdown was happening. Uh, but amazing uh, for it to come up, so I'm absolutely chuffed. Um, so now back on today's podcast. Uh, today we have Lee Francis with us. Now, he was with us uh, in the early 90s for a couple of seasons after leaving Arsenal as a youngster and making the trip up north. Uh, he had a good two seasons with us, played a lot of games and then played for a lot of non-league clubs uh, around the London area. And then he did the knowledge and is now a cabbie uh, in London. So it was really good to speak to him both about football um, and about being a cabbie too. Um, yeah, really great to uh, speak to him. Uh, absolutely great bloke. And hopefully I'll bump into him in his cab in London one day. Um, as always, I'm at Spy Legends on uh, Twitter and Legends of the Spire on Facebook. Uh, so please do get in touch. And yeah, if you do go to footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting, uh, please vote for the podcast and we'll see what happens. But uh, for now, here is the latest episode of Legends of the Spire with Lee Francis. You can kind of tell by your accent that you're, is it Walthamstow that you're born? Yes, yeah, I was born in, yeah, Walthamstow, yeah, just, uh, we live in Chinkford now, which is only like four miles away from Walthamstow, so I'm not, uh, yeah. and, 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 yeah. so, so you're a, you're a Arsenal? <laughs> yeah, I was an Arsenal, like, fan, my dad, my dad's family were from Islington, so, um, which is Arsenal territory, so yeah, my dad was Arsenal and I followed him, yeah. Yeah, so how did you end up, uh, kind of getting a career in football then how did it um, oh. just playing for me district side Wolfram Forest same same district as Harry Kane and David Beckham like they're both from Chinkford which is just up the road and the, yeah you, you play for obviously you play for your school team to first and then you play for the districts and then uh, all the scouts would watch uh, they would all be at all the district games yeah and uh, yeah Arsenal spotted me when I was 11 so I used to go training with them from 11 Crikey. And then 12, 13, 14, and then you signed school work forms at 14, which is how they did it in the end days. Um, and then got offered apprenticeship at 16, just before I was leaving school. So yeah, I found out on the January, they was offering me two-year apprenticeship and uh, obviously exams and stuff. I wasn't too, didn't really get my head down too good. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was nice to know you was, you know, in July, you were starting pre-season with Arsenal, you know. Yeah. Right. Did Which you, did you same, ever... year, same year that George Graham joined, 86. Oh, wow. So I was going to say, because who was, as, as, a, as a northern Chesterfield fan, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, back in that time, which, <laughs> which players would, would I have heard of that you were, you were kind what, of around? We're in, the, we're in the first team, you mean? What, well, in 86? First team and kind of uh, coming Well, my, youth, my kids I grew up with, like, we, we, we won the Youth Cup in 88. So we had a really good side. There was me, Alan Miller, goalkeeper. He died recently, had a heart attack. God bless him. Um, uh, David Ilya, who made the... So about five of that team got into the Arsenal first team. It was Alan Miller, played a few games. Kevin Campbell, sent forward. Yeah. He was at Everton and uh, Forest. Kevin's probably, yeah, he's he done the best out of our lot, you know, game-wise and club-wise, I suppose, appearances-wise. Um, Steve Morrow, remember when he, Tony Adams picked him up and he broke his shoulder? Do you remember that? You're too yeah. young, Dave, probably. No, I, I, I remember. Uh, that yeah. would have been, I think that was 93 that happened. Um, yeah, so Andy Cole was a couple of years younger, so Andy Cole played a few games for us because he was obviously that good, even though he was a couple of years younger. Um, did you ever? Did you ever kind of mix with any of the first team? Did you? Ever oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. Even the apprentices there. I remember George Graham had us all in a like pre-season. We do pre-season around like a park, Trent Park, and um, 
you'd have a sort of get around, you know, like all like reserves, youth team, first team. So obviously the squads were a lot smaller in them days. So, you know, first team squad was literally probably 16, 18 players. There was who was there? John Lukic, I used to clean his boots, was in goal. Or the Chesterfield guy. Chesterfield, but yeah, I bumped into him. I remember going to the remember the circus they used to have at near the old house pub. Yeah. I'm going back, you know. Yeah. This is when I was at Chesterfield 1990, you know. And I was I looked around my shoulder and John Lukic was sitting behind me. <laughs> I was talking to because obviously I knew John from Arsenal. So uh yeah, John Lukic was in goal. Viv Anderson was the right back. Obviously you had Tony Adams, David O'Leary, Kenny Sanson. Uh, obviously, David Roadcastle, brilliant player. Um, obviously, up front was Noel Quinn, Charlie Nicholas. Were you, um, were, were, did you have a specific player that you were cleaning boots for or anything? Yeah, I did. I did. I think I did Lukey, but yeah, he never gave much money out at Christmas. Like some of the players, like Graham Ricks, another obviously England player, uh, he would give the boys like 50 pound notes, like for doing, bear in mind, we was on 35 pound a week as apprentices. So, uh, that was quite a lot of money in them days, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Lukey's not the most generous, but <laughs> hey, that's, a, that's, that's the Chesterfield link boy. <laughs> I must be. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he tweeted me the other day. He was in London. He said, "Oh, I'll get a free lift or something." But yeah, he, he was, <laughs> so I think he does a bit of media stuff and a bit of talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know John? Or? Well, we've had uh, we've had Bob Wilson on the podcast. Oh, brilliant, Bob! Yeah, uh, he's been on. Uh, obviously, he he grew up. Yeah, field and watching Gordon Banks playing in net for yeah. Chesterfield, and and we had Nicky Law on, who started at Arsenal. Oh yeah, played against Nicky, I think, when he was at Rotherham. I think he was mm. at Rotherham. Yeah, yeah. So I think he'll have been in there a few years before you. I think, wouldn't he? I think he joined Chesterfield after me. I think. I don't know you after. Um, yeah, I think so. Rotherham when I was. Yeah. Might have been the year I left. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So were you always were you always a defender, or did you? No, like, as I said, when I was at Wolverham Forest, I was centre midfield, like probably most of, you know, obviously the better players would always play centre mid, wouldn't they? You know, yeah. I remember you, you talked to Dave Wally, he said, I think he used to play centre mid, didn't he? Mm. And obviously he was a good goal scorer. But uh, yeah, centre then, it was only when I went to Arsenal, sort of, Pat Rice was the youth coach and uh, he sort of turned me into a right back because obviously he was a right back. So. Did, and, uh, was, that, was, ever that, was that ever like a begrudgingly, oh, I don't want to. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you're thinking, oh, suck it right back. You know, in them days, you you had to sort of you play four four two. We didn't really play a five in them days. It was always four four two. And uh, so the right back, you, you didn't, re- you know, you'd overlap the right winger now and again. That was about it. Your chance of getting forward, really. But because uh, nowadays they just bomb on, don't they? And let the three centre halves defend. So uh, yeah, the game certainly changed, didn't it? So. So how did so you're obviously so we're Arsenal. This is like you said you won the youth cup in eighty eight. Eighty eight, yeah. I joined eighty six, and obviously when I was eighteen, we won the youth cup in eighty eight. And obviously I was in the reserves from from the youth class. So I was playing reserves. You know, youth games would be eleven o'clock, and then obviously lucky if you were in the reserves, you got a lay in because we didn't kick off till three o'clock at Ivory. So uh, lucky I was in the reserves quite a lot, so you'd get a lay in, and uh, like for a youth game, you'd have to get up early, get to the Ivory, and then get the coach to. The, where the game was at London Colony. So, so how did it all come about with Chesterfield then? Because obviously you joined us on loan, didn't you? Yeah, I was on loan, I think, because in them days, the loan was sort of March, wasn't it? I think you were allowed to go in March for the last few months of that season. So that would have been 1990. And then, yeah, I remember the Chief Scout, Steve Birchall, said to me, oh, Chesterfield, been on the phone, they want you to go there, like, play for their first team, like, I was stuck in the reserves. Lee Dixon was the right back at Arsenal. Yeah. He was an England player. I wasn't, I wasn't going to get him out of the team. So, uh, yeah, I was more than happy to go. I really enjoyed it. Loved it up there. Did you, have to, did you have to look on a map to see where Chesterfield was? Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know. I remember Brian Marwood was at Arsenal at the time and he, uh, when he, he knew I was going up there, he said, oh, you'll enjoy it up there because he knew Paul Hart. I think he played with Paul Hart from Sheffield Wednesday, probably. They would have been at Sheffield Wednesday together. So, uh, yeah, I remember Brian telling me, oh, you'll, you'll love it up there. It'd be good. So, so how did it work in terms of moving up? Were you in Diggs or was it? Yeah, I stayed. Uh, they saw, No, I was in a, it used to be a hotel just around the corner from the old, from the uh, sort of gate. Mm-hmm. Not the name of it. It literally was like walking distance. It was like a bed. And, so I stayed there the first few uh, days. But then um, I think I went up there on the, probably the, 
Wednesday or Thursday. And I was going to make my debut on the Saturday against Lincoln at Cecil Bank. And then on the Friday morning, we're training on the pitch. I busted my ankle, literally. I think I was going to be sub that game. He said, me, you'll be sub, I think. And, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a disaster. You know, I literally landed on the ankle and done all the ankle ligaments as I, as I landed. So I was really enjoying it. You know, first couple of training sessions had gone really good. And, uh, yeah, it was a shame. But, so, so that was March time. And obviously, I didn't make the debut, I think, till probably the end of April. Yeah, yeah, it was right near the end of the season, wasn't it? It was right at the end of the season because we were um, like playoffs, obviously. So how old, was, how old was you then when that was you? Uh, uh, old, uh, you know? I was about seven. So you weren't really following it then? <laughs> no, there's, I mean, there's the joys of YouTube nowadays. And yeah, part yeah. of the reason why I started this whole podcast in the first place is because my Chesterfield knowledge is about the last 25 years, something right, like yes. that, probably. Oh, so you're, yeah. It's really yeah. nice to, I kind of feel like I know a lot of the managers from around that time now, yeah. Yeah. kind of a lot of the like classic games, I suppose, from around that time. Yeah. Um, so, so what, so did you end up then having to go back to Arsenal? To yeah, I went back to treatment with Gary Lewin, who was the Arsenal physio. Uh, yeah, and it was quite, it was still hurting, and, and I'd try and run, and, you know, do twisting, and it was still hurting, and even, they used to call me, like, stamp, even when I started playing them last few games, I'd be stamping my ankle, like, because it was still hurting quite a bit. They rush me to strap it up and sort of get through them games, but yeah, it was still hurting quite a bit. And you felt like you, I was doing all right, I played all right, but I felt like I could have played better, you know. Obviously, I couldn't, I didn't feel 100% sort of thing, but you know, fit enough to play. play so, yeah. when you actually managed to get back to Chesterfield and start, yeah, again, it took a, like it's about six weeks. So, I went back, yeah, because I thought, oh, that's going to be it, they're not going to want me to go back, you know. I'm thinking, oh, but poor Art's really good, and he said, no, I want you to come back, you know, still a. We get the playoffs. You can uh, lucky. I, play, I think I played debut against Scunthorpe. I think I think we drew one-one. Yes, yeah, Scunthorpe. Yeah, you, you got. <laughs> and then uh, we had to beat Grimsby on the last game of the season, which was was a full ass. I think Grimsby had won the league, so mm. I think they they would obviously been promoted, so they I think they'd all been out that week. So they already on the beach. <laughs> I think so. We beat them quite easy, two 0 I can't think who scored, but yeah, it's two 0 on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was a full that like biggest, biggest crowd I've played in front of really because like Arsenal reserves, you're only playing in front of a few hundred people. So I think there's about six, seven thousand for that game. Mm. It was a good atmosphere. Yeah. Well, this season, Chesterfield began at home to promoted Grimsby, knowing their recent slip-ups meant even victory might not be enough to get them into the playoffs. But they got off to the best possible start. Lee Rogers here over his head. No way through for Dave Waller, who was back in the side after a neck injury. But John Ryan crashed in the loose ball. Three minutes gone. How, I mean, how many were you playing in? Did you were you playing in front of crowds for reserves at Arsenal and things like that, or was it? Your yeah, only only uh, like a few hundred you get for reserve games. So we had more for the youth when we won the youth cup. We had bigger crowds. Like we, we played at Crew one game. It was full up there. It was like five thousand at Crew, and we played Doncaster in the final, and that that was full out for that youth cup final. But we beat them. Uh, I think we beat them five nil. I think Kevin Campbell got four. I think so. Uh, the return leg was a formality at Ivory. I think. Yeah, I think we drew one one. So I've spoken to a few. I've spoken to a few players that talk about how um, they kind of notice straight away how it all means something. It means a lot more, I suppose, when you're going into first team football. Oh, big time! It's like yeah. The team rather than yeah. you kind of find yeah. yourself a little bit, aren't you, in the reserves trying to. Yeah, well, in the reserves at Arsenal, you had like, half players like me, youngsters, and then the rest would be the first team players that weren't in the first team. So, you know, so they'd be sort of playing with the ump a little bit, you know, it's like Noel Quinn, Charlie Nick. No, they was really good, like, you know, they'd Graham Ricks, like George Graham, weren't putting them in the team, they'd have to play in the reserves. So, so it was great experience because you're playing with great players. They're all, they're all like internationals. And but, yeah, if you, if you didn't put the ball in the right place, they'd soon let you know, you know, if you didn't do the right pass to them, it was. Uh, yeah, so it kept you on your toes anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, so th so those first two games for Chesterfield, like you say, Scunthorpe and then Grimsby, were kind of quite high-pressure games, really, weren't they? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I felt less pressure, I think, playing for Chesterfield. I did for Arsenal, I think, which is a strange feeling, soon it was a bigger crowd and you're actually playing for, you know, you know, it actually means something to the fans, doesn't it? You know, you could tell, you know, the fans. And, uh, yeah, that was a relief. Because I remember getting the train back 
that Saturday night after we beat Grimsby. And like looking at the league time, I think, oh, we're seventh. Like, and then, then, you know, some say, oh, you know, the playoff finals at Wembley. I'm thinking, cause I think that was the first year the playoffs yeah, were at Wembley. Yeah. Because in the old days, they used to just play home and away, didn't they? I think and that night, night was the first year they played the playoff. So I, it was like, wow, I could play at Wembley. And so, you know, when we beat Stockport 4 0 and 2 0, that was. Yeah, that was a good night after we beat Stockport for the second game. We went into town. I can't remember where we went, but yeah, we all went in. All the fans are in the club we was in, so it was great. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, like, that because you ended up playing what, five games that season. I think we only let yeah. in a few goals. Unfortunately, one of them was to Dion mm. Dublin in the final. But, the, I don't know. but like the, the, I've got it on DVD now. I hate watching it. The, um, the semi against Stockport, mm. like, that must have been. I don't, I don't want to call something easy when I've never been a professional. It was, player. yeah. Was it pretty easy? <laughs> it was, yeah. It was surprisingly, yeah. The first game, it was thought, I think my mum and dad come up with like, my girlfriend, and uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, I think it was, was it 3 0 half time or something like that? I can't remember now. But uh, it did seem, yeah, these, they, they hardly had a shot, I think. I think Mickey Leonard hardly had a shot. Yeah, that was, and then the away game was obviously they'd 4 0 down. I think they'd given up. So the away game was quite easy as well. Hmm. Yeah, because they had, I think they'd finished fourth that year, maybe. Yeah. We, we were seventh, weren't we? So, yeah, so it goes, isn't it? Sometimes a team that finishes seventh does does well, doesn't they? Whatever it's, it's usually that, that you, yeah, you usually find it, don't you? Because there's yeah. the kind of a, a bit of a surprise seventh, maybe. You kind yeah, of got nothing to lose. lose. You're really no pressure on you, sort of thing. Yeah. Chesterfield now look odds on to make the Wembley playoff finals, thanks largely to a hat trick from Calvin Plummer. He struck first in the 38th minute. Then on the stroke of half-time, he popped up for number two. After the break, a neat build-up, and there was Plummer again to complete a memorable hat-trick. Finally, a long free kick, a touch-on in the box, and there was John Ryan to make it Chesterfield 4, Stockport County 0. Are you already getting kind of measured up for your suit then after that first leg? Well, kind of new, we, get, we didn't get those suits. We had to wear our own suits. Well, I remember all the lads. I think all the Chesterfield lads. Obviously, I was only alone. They all had suits. Like I think they had grey. I think if you look at the video, they all had grey suits. When we have a look on the pitch, I've, I've got like a green suit on. I think when I got out of the catalogue, I think Freeman's. But yeah, I was the only one who did have a grey suit. I think like Dyche, everyone else has got like grey suits on. All a bit big, you know. When it, them days, it was like the baggy suits, and it was suits. All, it was all a bit big, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the style, wasn't it? I've got the. Have you ever watched the? I suppose you've, have you watched the final? I've, yeah, I've watched it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a great game, was it? Yeah, I've watched it. It's, it had a few chances. Calvin Plummer had a couple of good chances, but uh, yeah, it's a shame. I always think, oh, if you only had stuck that one in, you know. Hmm. Did you? Were, were you kind of a bit of a bit of the tour guide? <laughs> Oh, what in London? You, well, funny enough, in them days, I, I very rarely went into central London, you know, because I, I live on the outskirts, or sub, you call it the suburbs. Walthamstow's right, sort of East London, but it's sort of on the edge of London. So, yeah, I was obviously I'm a cabbie now, but uh, in them days, I, I never really knew London very well. Yeah. So, I remember we stayed, I think we stayed in the Marriott at um, Regent's Park. Yeah, I remember we stayed there. Obviously, I didn't know at the time. But obviously, now I, I drop people off there all the time, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I remember going for we went for a walk around Primrose Hill, which you get a great view of London from up there. So, uh, at the time, I wasn't really sure where I was, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> even though I was from London, because <laughs> yeah, I was only 20 at the time, so uh, I hadn't been in London that many times, really. Yeah, was it, was it a bit weird then just? After what your your fifth game for Chester, yeah. playing at Wembley, you know. Oh, nice, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I was very lucky, really. It was nice, so uh, yeah, it's just good timing, really. So uh, yeah, happy days. Yeah, it's good. Just the result, I think, go away, but yeah, it was good. Nice. We had some good players like John Ryan playing. You know, we had a, had some good players. Tony Bryan. It was a shame Dave Waller wasn't fit because I think the fit Dave Waller, we would have got that goal. I think, yeah. He would have stuck one of our chances away. Yeah, I think he definitely uh, kind of looks like say that as well. Me. So it shouldn't have been on the bench. <laughs> but, well, he'd, he'd had that bad knee injury, so he, I think he accepted it. He knew he wasn't. Yeah. He knew he wasn't right. Yeah. 
just sh- such a shame. You know, cause he, he would have scored so many goals. Yeah. You can so see, what, even though I'd only seen him play like a few weeks before he done, I think he'd done his knee probably the Grimsby game, maybe. Mm. But yeah, I'd say he probably scored in that game, the Grimsby game, maybe. But um, yeah, I think that's when he'd done his knee. I think. Yeah. That's why, yeah, he didn't play Stockport games or he was, I think he was on the bench when he for the. Yeah. For the uh, do you remember the do you remember the the kind of team talk before the match or anything like that from Paul Hart what he was trying to Yeah, not really. No. Like as a what was he like as a boss, as a as a gaffer? Yeah, I like Paul Hart. Yeah, he's really not he was nice to me. Yeah, he was, you know, he would lose his temper a little bit. Uh normally at Tony Bryan, but um because he was a centre half, I think, so he expected a lot more from him. So no, he was. Yeah, no, when I see him on telly now, so he's quite quietly spoken, isn't he? But I always remember him sort of in your face, sort of shouting in your face type thing. But no, he was good, good coach. And obviously, knows, knows his football. But uh, yeah, it's a shame we didn't perform the year after. We got off to a terrible start. But we let him down, really. But um, that's what happens sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. So that that Cambridge match, it wasn't, I like you say, it wasn't a classic of the playoff finals. I mean, playoff finals, the. Rarely yeah. are classics, are they? I suppose there's kind of high stakes for both clubs, but and the, and the goal, yeah. Do you know the goal where the, where the cross comes in and our Mickey Leonard catches it and they get a corner? I can still work out how they give that as a corner. Have you seen it? Yeah, I, I think a lot of Chester fans think the same thing. No, no you, the fella crosses it, and I'm sure it doesn't take a deflection off anyone, and the ref gives a corner and then. Was he, do you remember the ref, George Courtney? I think he was the ref at the time. Remember the famous, he was like one of the top refs in, uh, he was like the Michael Oliver of the of them days, wasn't he? And yeah, he give a corner, but they always, and then obviously they score from the corner, but that way bugs me that it was never a corner. Yeah. Well, we've got a history of, uh, in, in, no bar in them days, getting, done, getting done in games like FA Cup semi final and stuff. Oh, like God. That. Yeah. I remember watching that on telly. Ice. Unbelievable, and it's so far over the line, especially because some of the players were still there, like Daichi and Andy Morris, Jamie Hewitt. Yeah, I think they were the only three that were still there. I think Lee Rogers was probably playing as well. Yeah, it was like around the around the squad that time. Was that was that ninety eight? So it was ninety seven. So yeah, we're twenty fifth anniversary yeah. next year. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So did you watch? Did you watch that game? Oh, oh yeah. watch it going. Oh, really thinking, yeah, I'm thinking they're going to get to the final, you know. Well, they should have got to the final, shouldn't they? It's, yeah. Because what would that have made it? What was the score? I thought it was a two goal lead if that goal gets given, wasn't it? Yeah, and against 10 men, that probably should have been nine men. That's right, it was 10 men as well, yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's completely on David Ellery. Anyway. Oh, was he the ref? Was it, was it Ellery? Oh, yeah, I remember getting it. He booked me a few, he booked me a few times over the years, I think. I remember we used to get him when we was playing at like places like Peterborough and stuff. He was like working his way up the leagues in the early nineties, wasn't he? Mm. And then obviously by '97 he was a top ref, wasn't he? Well, supposedly. But, uh... So that, so after that, um, it's funny. I, I mean, I spoke to Lee Rogers and I, I asked him if he can ever watch Homes Under the Hammer when Dion Dublin's on it, and he he says he still well, he quite enjoys it, but. <laughs> I don't know what you if you whenever you see Dion Dublin, does it just uh, yeah? Well, as you say, yeah, it comes to mind as soon as you see him on telly. Yeah, I think yeah, Jesus, we done well out of it, didn't he? Got to move to Man United, didn't he? Well, yeah, yeah. So then, at the end of that season, was it always? Did you know that you were coming back, or? Well, well no, yeah, I'd, um, I can't remember. Now. I think Arsenal. I remember reading something like the Evening Standard that. Arsenal would let so many players go, and my list, my name was on the list. That was, and they even spoke to me. So I remember my mum reading it. I think telling me, I thought, oh god. But I had a feeling, you know, they hadn't spoke about renewing the contracts. You, you know, they're not really going to keep you on if. Uh, and obviously, I knew Paul Art wanted to sign me, so yeah, it was a no-brainer, really. So uh, I remember he offered me a three-year contract for some silly reason. I, I said, oh, can we make it two? <laughs> So I, I wish I'd accepted the free because when the two year ran out, Chris McMenemy sort of uh, done the dirty on me a little bit. So uh, I wish I'd signed a three year contract when it had been offered. But uh, I was thinking, oh, two, two years, you know, being that. Because when you're 20, thinking, oh, maybe two years, you might get a move, something you don't, you just don't know, do you? Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen, really. But yeah, in hindsight, I wish I'd accepted the free year. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was good. Yeah. I remember we, 
I was sat with Artie. All the boys were giving me stick because I, I sat on Artie's table after the playoff final. He, and my, and what was my wife and my girlfriend then? Uh, he got us to sit with him that night. So all the other players were you know, giving me giving me verbals because I'm sitting with the manager all night sort of thing. But uh, obviously, see, I think I signed. We done that the morning after. I think I signed sorted it out at the hotel. I think. I think my dad come and uh, yeah, we uh, sorted that out. Yeah. Didn't have agents in them days and just like sign what you was offered and uh, just like a bit more money than I was getting at Arsenal sort of thing. Yeah, what was it like? A couple hundred quid a week then or something like that? Yeah, it was, um, I, I think at Arsenal I was on 200 a week and I think it went up to about 250 at Chesterfield. I got about 50 quid more a week and obviously you could get bonuses that if you was in the top seven, you'd get an extra 78, 90 quid or something. Yeah. So, uh, which we did we we got in the top seven a little bit yeah I think under the enemy we made and then we sort of, I'm trying to think now did you um, at following season did we where did we finish in the league that mid table so yeah so well in 1991 at 18th so oh what the first year yeah and then and then 13th yeah oh that's the one I knew we was sort of mid yeah we did get in the top seven a little bit and then we sort of faded away I think we was hoping to get playoffs again but yeah, so that was when you, Christmas. So when you got the full time contract, then did you did you come up and, and rent somewhere or no? I, oh yeah, because obviously I was in that hotel when I first come up, and then they found me some lodgings uh, with a lovely couple called uh, gosh, so long ago. Sue Sue was the lady's name, and Neville, old boy Neville, he's been a couple of dinner and. Uh, I'd have to do my own washing, but yeah, there's obviously washing machine there and stuff. But yeah, it was a bit of an eye opener. And, um, you know, in them days, you'd have to wear collar and tie for the games, you know, blazer or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I never ironed, so I used to just iron the collar and uh, put the shirt on, because that's the only thing you could see, the collar, couldn't you? So uh, the rest of the shirt was all creased. But, yeah, so, uh, who, were the, who were the players then around that around that squad that you were kind of... Uh, Tony, Tony Bryan, because he lived in Chesterfield. There weren't many that lived. Obviously, Tony was in lodgings as well. He stayed with a couple called Ray, Ray Cat, is it? Yeah, Ray and uh, Anne, I think it was. Lovely, they had a house Brampton. Hmm. Yeah, well, and uh, Tony, so Tony had already been there a year or so, I think. So, uh, yeah, he sort of took me under his wing, sort of showing me around. And uh, yeah, Tony was my closest. And we'd go snooker. Dave, obviously, Dave Waller would go, like, go training, we'd be down a snooker or... Uh, was it kind of the, the, were you kind of the typical football group then? Was it like snooker and golf and... Yeah, I got Tony into the golf, golf. yeah. Yeah, I'm a golf, yeah, I've always played golf. My brother's like, was a pro, so uh, I've always played golf as well. Yeah, got Tony. I think I spoke to Tony the other week, he keeps saying we're going to have a game, but I think he wants me to drive up to Birmingham and have a game with him. Hopefully we'll sort that out. So. so then that second season, so we're talking 1991 season now, aren't we? Um, like you said, you mentioned we got off to a bit of a bad start. Yeah, yeah, I think we were sort of bottom two or three, sort of oh, about Christmas, and then I think that's when uh, probably Paul Art got sacked. Then and Chris, Chris McMillan got the job, didn't he? Then yeah, but I mentioned first uh, you scored against Doncaster, didn't you? Yes, yes. I've not seen that. I've seen the Blackpool. But you've got a video of it. Season after, I've got the I've got a, I've got the Blackpool goal, but I've not Have seen you? the Doncaster one. Yeah, oh, you send me that. I would yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, the, the Doncaster one. Can you remember it? You can embellish as much as you want to because I've not seen it. Yeah, I've got a photo of it. I've got a photo of it. Me actually heading the ball. It was a header. I think. Funny enough, in that game, I think we did play as we with wing back. We I think when Chris McMurray came in, uh, we started playing. Uh, you know, five at the back. There would be Lee Rogers, Tony, and Bryn Gunn, and then probably me on the right and John Ryan on the left. So, uh, so yeah, I pushed up that game and uh, managed to get me in probably one of John Ryan's crosses. Probably, I think Dave Caldwell I sort of nicked it off him. He was he was lurking about. So I think. And there's a photo of me heading it. I think Dave sort of looking over his shoulders, I'm coming behind him, sort of thing. But yeah, that was yeah. I think that was the first time I had to do a radio interview after the game. I think that was like local derby, wasn't it, Doncaster? Yeah, doing the radio interview after the game up in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I mean, I hate to mention it, but I do like to look at the the kind of bad side of football as well. Sometimes you scored an own goal as well that season. I think 
Oh, was that against Darlington? Oh, who was it against? Yeah, Darlington, yeah. In, in about yeah, eight time, uh, I think that's One of those that went in slow motion, I think. I can remember it now. So you, you sort of stick your leg out to try and cut the cross and it sort of comes off your studs and then just trickles over the line. Was the, probably Nicky Leonard sort of gone the wrong way as I thought redirected the ball. But, yeah, that was painful, yeah. Yeah, I've not I've not really spoken to anyone about home. I've spoken to people about red cards before. Uh, most defend to... most defenders have scored an open goal. Yeah, before. I was, was going to say like what what's your initial reaction after just to try and keep your head oh, buried head in the ground sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I remember it. I can still remember it quite clearly now. Yeah, it was down at the uh, away end, I think. And thank God, really, yeah, it was better than doing it at the home end. But uh, exact yeah. test. That terrace was normally empty then, wasn't it? I don't think there's many people behind the goal when that went in. I was, I was going to say, shall we mention Saltergate? Because obviously it's a bit different to Highbury. Uh, yeah. But, but I mean, it's a, a well-loved ground and I, I feel really lucky that I've supported Chesterfield in that old ground and the new one. Yeah. Oh, you've been both, yeah. yeah so I've, not been, I've not been to the new place. I have to come up. Yeah, I mean, what did you... Know, you... Dave Waller does a bit of work there doesn't he so I'm sure he could get oh yeah 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 Dave Waller still does quite a lot of stuff still a lot of people yeah, around, so yeah so what was Saltergate like yeah just very old you know old but yeah it's nice I remember we would like the change like we would use it for training quite a lot as well so you train on it and we had a little, I remember we had a little yard out the side of the dressing room and like we'd play cricket before training and stuff with me Gunny and a few of the others Jamie Jamie likes his cricket Gunny was quite a good cricketer and uh, yeah, we, we, we played a little bit of cricket before we went out to training and train on the pitch. <laughs> Dig all the pitch up, like you'd be on it on a Friday and then you'd be playing on it on a Saturday, you know, so it wasn't in great nick, to be honest. But probably nowadays, they don't, I don't think they train on the pitch anymore, do they? No, but, but like back then as well, in terms of training, oh. that could have just been anywhere, couldn't it? Yeah, we used to go sometimes over, used to call it dog shit park, I think we used to call it, but... Um, you literally have to go around checking for dogs, but you know, before training, then yeah, yeah, that was um, down the road somewhere. I can't think where it was. Or sometimes we go to there was a, in winter time, we go to a gym in uh, Sheffield, and we'd all have to drive our own cars to drive up to Sheffield to do a bit of training indoors. I have a little father side indoors, which was, which was good fun, you know, run off the father side. But uh, yeah, times have changed. Have they got their own training ground there? Uh, uh, yeah, they've got, I, th- I think they are looking at um. Uh, kind of expanding it and getting a getting a better one but I think the facilities nowadays are a lot better than <laughs> better than it used to be yeah I wish I'd been born about 30 years later I think money wise and uh, yeah you know big yeah, I don't know. who knows it was I mean it was funny around then as well because that was just before the Premier League kind of started yeah, wasn't it that's right yeah you yeah you didn't really you know like Nowadays, even like all the playoff games are on live on Sky. Now, in our day, it wasn't wasn't even on telly that playoff final. And it was old enough just to get a copy of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. what did it? I mean, over that period of time, what did it? What did it feel like? Did it feel like the game was going in a, a different direction, or was? Not really. No, no. It was, yeah, it was weird. And sort of ninety-two happened, didn't it? And then everything was, you know, everything was about it. And then I don't know. That was probably our. Not long after that, you had stuff like Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. That's, you know, that's took off now, isn't it? It's like even talking to you, it's only through Twitter that you contacted me on that. Isn't it? yeah. Or, you know, it's easy, isn't it? It's so easy. I, I never thought... <laughs> even mean... me, and I'm, I'm a technophobe, but yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, see what Tony was sitting up the camera for me. Like you say, it's, it's only thanks to Twitter and stuff that I was able to start this because I've never known a footballer in my life. So uh, I've managed to get... Oh, yeah, it's nice. It's like, you're obviously a fan of the club, yeah. So. <laughs> so, right, yeah. Someone like Jamie Hewitt, he was there. God, did he spend his whole career at Chesterfield, Jamie? Yeah, yeah. Apart from a, apart from a one season away, but um, what when he finished at Chesterfield? No, it was like halfway. He got uh, he got kind of released for a year and then came back. So oh. he had a bit of a break, but yeah, yeah. pretty much the ever present. And obviously, you were with a lot of players that time that that were there pretty much the whole career. You know, Lee Rogers, Jamie Hewitt, Lee Andy Rogers Mon- there a long time, wasn't he? Yeah, um, Gunny had been there a long time. Tony Bryan moved on to where did he go? West Brom. I think Tony went to. Or Hull. Um, yeah, Steve Williams was there quite a long time, wasn't he? Um, you know, Sean Dyche, probably done six, seven years there, did he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he was, Dyche was two years younger than me, so we were the two youngest in the first team. 
he was 18 and I was 26. So uh, yeah, when we, I remember he was my roomie uh, when we played at Wembley, so he kept me up all night talking. <laughs> so it was his fault we lost. <laughs> but he did have a chat, yeah. Are there, are there players like Sean Dice that you kind of get a sense that they might go on to manage it? Yeah, Dice, yeah, always had plenty to say, yeah. Like, even at 18, which is good, you know, he was full of confidence even at that age. But, you know, he'd be rowing with Gunny and Mickey Leonard, you know, sort of winding them two up and they're like seasoned pros. But, but yeah, you, yeah, you, you don't know at the time, do you? I see other, when I left, he was still very young and was, you know, still learning his football, but obviously he moved on and done really well. So, uh, right, um, <laughs> so, so that, um, so you mentioned uh, like Paul Hart, uh, left Chris McMenemy took over kind of about halfway through the season I think was it Some, something it's like that probably after Christmas yeah probably January time yeah what was the, what was the switch like because I mean he wasn't very old was he uh, no he was, really, he was probably one of the youngest managers going wasn't he so uh, yeah he was there obviously Dave Rushbury would help him he was like physio coach and they brought in a guy I think Steve Hetsky came in and was helping as well so yeah nothing really changed too much really you know, same players, same coaching staff, apart from obviously Paul Hart weren't giving the orders out. So, yeah, that sort of just, yeah, we picked up a little bit. Obviously, we couldn't go much lower because we were near the bottom anyway. So, and then the following season, as you say, we come 12 or 13. So, yeah. yeah. No, I was looking forward to the, the season next, you know, because I played near enough every game. I think I only missed about three, four games. Yeah, I think it was. And suspension, possibly. Mm. I pick up a few bookings, but um, yeah, it was weird. I went in to see him, uh, Chris, and he, it's, I think I've been in to see him in the March because you know your contracts come running out in June. And he said, Oh, yeah, you're no problems, you're one of my regulars, you'll be off for time. And then I went back in May, and he sort of, like, all the other lads had gone in sort of before me. And he said, Oh, no, I can't offer you anything. I was like, I've been like shocked. Yeah, I remember sitting down with Dave and Tony Bryan, like, and I can't believe it. You know, I don't know what happened there. It was a strange one. But, uh, I'd love to bump him in just to ask him what would happen there. But so that was me sort of done at Chesterfield, then just uh, in his office and out. And then you think, well, I'll be going back home, you know. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's weird because. Well, you know, it really upset me. Yeah, you know, I was upset for quite a while. Because, well, you look at your stats and like yeah. first season, obviously, you only played like five appearances, but that's, that's all you could. Really managed. No, I guess the maximum I that second, first full season, I think it was like 33 appearances, yeah. something like that. And then I think the next one, it was like 41. So, like you said, yeah. it didn't really. Yeah, I've yeah, played every game pretty much, unless I was injured or, or suspended. Yeah. So, yeah, well, you have to ask him that one. So, it's a strange one. But. I think he runs like Villas in Ibiza or something now, doesn't he? It's just some oh, does he? Yeah. He property was... abroad, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd be a good, I think he'd be a good salesman, possibly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Was he a good salesman? In do you think he was a good salesman in terms of getting the job in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't want to say too much here, yeah, but uh, a few managers like. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he done Artie any favors. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of that going on. I think, but yeah, you don't realize at the time. It's only when you look back afterwards you think, oh yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. It's funny as well the amount of players that I've had on that have um, that have kind of seemingly been been uh, kind of done over or lied to by by managers. Yeah, oh, other yeah. things and taken away and then that's it. Often, yeah. If you don't get it in writing, there's you know, nothing. Don't, don't mean nothing, does it? Yeah. 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 So I, I had that when I went because obviously when I left Chesterfield, I I uh, signed for Enfield, like non-league. It was in the. Uh, which was the league below the conference with the old Isthmian League. And, but they, it was crazy. They offered me, I got more money there than I was getting at Chesterfield playing non-league. Crazy. I can't believe it. I wish I'd stayed in the league, really. I did, But I didn't really get any offers. And in them days, I, I wrote a few letters off, but if you ain't got an agent, you know, in them days, you didn't, unless you knew the manager or the coaches, you weren't really getting anywhere, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because I got, I got offered, like, as I said, I think I was on 240 a week at Chesterfield. Enfield gave me 370 a week and you're only training twice a week and playing on a Saturday so but I thought it's no brain I can move back home and uh, but that's when I should have done the knowledge because if I was a, if I like, the cab trade was really good in them days like early 90s mm. so uh, that's when I should have I 
because I didn't have to get out, I'd lay in bed till 10 o'clock and start to sort of because thinking, oh, you know, you know, you've got to go training at six in the evening, you know, it's, yeah. you have to hold go to yourself. So that's when a lot of the guys at Enfield had decent jobs and were getting decent money at Enfield. So they, they've done all right, you know, done really well for themselves. A lot of them. We had a reunion the other week at Enfield, which was good. So I met up with a lot of the old players from there the other week. Hmm. So, so with Enfield, you obviously said he moved on to Enfield after Chesterfield. So was that just like a rich owner or something then? That, yes. Uh, yeah. The, the, uh, the guy that owned it, a guy called Tony Lazaro, he had, I don't know if you, you know, you're too young, but there was like a nightclub that was attached to the football club. It was called the Starlight Room. So you had people like, you'd have all the top acts like Joe Longform and uh, Jim Davidson, you know, it's like a, you'd get a thousand people in there paying like, 40 quid a ticket to watch them and have some dinner. So that, that paid for, yeah, the, the owner, he owned the whole lot. So that, that money would help fund the football club. So, yeah, because he got players. There was, uh, was like me, obviously, the ex-pro. You had uh, Graham Roberts join the ex-Tottenham player. And then he ended up getting a manager's job. So he was the manager, player manager. You had people like Mark Falco, John Burridge in goal, Peter Rucker turned up in goal a few games. Yeah, they were paying like some of them guys were getting six, seven hundred quid a week. It's crazy. That's in like early nineties. But I think the chairman only did that for a couple of years, and then he realizes, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just nicking money off him, sort of thing, just to finish their careers, sort of thing. But yeah, they know there's some good players there. That's some, some really good players. Yeah, and and we should mention before I mean we've gone on a bit. I'm going to bring it back a bit just for that goal against Blackpool. <laughs> I, I stumbled on it on YouTube yesterday yeah. when I was. Well, you can get it on YouTube. That's yeah, it's on, it's on YouTube. I'll send you the link. And it's, yeah. it's a good finish. It is like a long range one. It's not a bad surprise, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it be coming off your coming off your bum from like a yard out or something. But it's a good. Yeah, finish. no, it was. Uh, yeah, it was back thirty yards, wasn't it? But yeah, I think because um, I did have it on a video, but obviously video player. I think the. T- Snaps, I've not got it. So if you could send me that link, that yeah, I'll send you the link. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think the ball, I think it was last minute, and uh, I think we was one down. Was it Blackpool, wasn't it? Yeah, because Trevor Sinclair was playing for uh, Blackpool. I think he was only a young, probably 17, 18 year old then. I remember marking him in that game. And um, yeah, I think the ball came out and just got it, took a couple of touches, and just thought, I'll just have a just whack it. And it, it went in the sort of bottom corner, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I think the keeper should have saved it. So yeah, I mean, a bit of a weak right hand, I think the keeper and he sort of just, but yeah, it was a decent strike. Yeah. Here's early cross, curls in dangerously. Taylor goes up, man of the far post. Own goal by Hewitt in the end, and I've nearly said on the commentary, I've got a feeling that Blackpool are going to sneak one. And they have. Time for Francis to think about what he's going to do with this. Comes steaming forward. Might try a shot. He does. It's a goal! Lee Francis! When you score a goal like that for the next few games, are you, are you kind of looking... Yeah, thinking, thinking you might do it again, yeah. <laughs> well, I did do what? I remember pre-season. We, you know you play the Derbyshire Cup. I don't know if they still do that against Derby. I remember scoring at the baseball ground, something similar, but it was a pre-season game. I remember a couple of supporters, and I remember looking on Twitter, and there's a couple of supporters that remember seeing it. But uh, yeah, that was when Peter Shilton was at Derby, but he, I don't think he was in goal that day. I think Martin Taylor was in goal, I think. Mm. But it's still, a, yeah, still a good goal to score. Yeah, they're, they're probably my two best goals for sure. Yeah. Well, only goals, should I say. Yeah. <laughs> I think even at Enfield, I only scored one or two, I think. But, yeah. Not well, as many as Waller, anyway. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he scored. How many did he score? Oh, well, I mean, he was really unlucky because obviously injury ended him ended him when he was like 27 or something yeah. like that. So, I mean, he would have probably got over 100 goals. Oh, oh, yeah, he would get 20 a season. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's remarkable, really. Um, so then when you left... Chesterfield, obviously, you did Enfield, but then you did loads of quite a lot of other clubs. Oh, yeah, well, as you were saying about getting stitched up, I remember um, there's a manager called George Borg, and I'd hurt my knee playing for Enfield, so I needed a knee operation. Obviously, 
they don't want to pay for it, do they? And all See, so I remember the man said to me, oh, if you uh, sign for Bournemouth, play a game for them, go down injured. This is the manager telling me this. Go down injured and we'll get it done on their insurance. So I've signed this, whatever I've signed, you know, to go on loan to Bournemouth. So I'll go back to the man and say, oh, you know, get my knees, get my knees sorted now. And uh, he went, oh, no, we've signed the wrong forms. We've cancelled your contract. So obviously he wanted me off the wage bill, didn't they? But I remember ringing the PFA up and they didn't do nothing. It's like, well, I was, so I was in limbo, so I was lucky. I, I did ring the PFA up and they, they paid for me to get the knee done, which was good of them, but they couldn't do anything about the council contract. But uh, So, uh, yeah, I had a few months just sort of getting my knee ready and then I ended up, yeah, I had a mate who was playing for Grace, so I ended up with a guy called Mickey Ingwell, who'd been at Enfield with me. Uh, he was playing at Grace, he'll come down Grace, you know, it's the same league. And uh, he ended up playing for them. Uh, that's why I went to Grace. Probably, and then Graham Roberts had gone to Yeovil by then. So he got about five of us ex Enfield players. We all went down to Yeovil the season after, which was a good goal, uh, good football club for Yeovil. You know, they just built that new stadium, so it was all new. It was, yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, the year, I really enjoyed my year down there. So when did you? Because obviously, when you left Chesterfield, you were still really young, weren't you? You were like what? 20? Yeah, I was twenty-two when I left Chesterfield. Yeah. So how long did you carry on carry on playing for? Oh, I played normally. I, I think I got to thirty, and I was playing for Harlow Town. You know, which was getting like hundred quid a week. You know, and I was fitness-wise, I'd lost a lot of fitness, and I get pulling hamstrings, and, and then that's when I did the knowledge, decided to be a cab driver. Yeah, like, so this is. You think I'm pretty much football. I'm done now. Like, but maybe yeah. I wish sometimes you think back. You think, oh, wish I'd done a referees course or uh, you know a bit of, bit of you know coaching or something. But too late now. But um, yeah, the ref. I, you know, especially when you see how bad some of the refs are, you think, oh, I could have done that easy. You know, you know obviously with a way of keeping fit as well, wouldn't it? But uh, yeah. You'd have done a better job in the 97 every cup semi final. Oh, yeah, just think, yeah, I could have ref that game. Oh, that would have been good. That. I don't think I'd have been allowed, would I? <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, then you mentioned doing the knowledge. Yeah, the first, yeah, the first um, kind of cabbie that we've had on. So, it's, it's, that's uh, a cabbie, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, so how did that all come about? Was it, yeah, I just remember my because my brother was a golf pro at the time. I was helping him in. He had the golf shop at the golf club, so I would help him a little bit. And he said, "Oh, like there's quite a few cabbies that were golf members of the golf club, and they all seem to do all right out of it." You know, you think you never sit those to say you never see a poor cabbie there, but uh, it's a bit different nowadays. But um, yeah, so I said, "My brother, yeah, we'd do that." Right, so we went out, bought a couple of little C ninety bikes. You know, uh, started pottering around London, learning all the roads, but. I remember my brother, we started in the winter time, so obviously doing, going out on the bikes a bit dangerous in the winter. And he, he was going across Holloway Road and he'd come off the bike. So uh, that put him right off. So he'd give it up after that. He wouldn't go out anymore. But I, I cracked on with it. And uh, sort of four years later, I got my badge. So I could go and drive the cab. But yeah, four years, tough, tough trying to work. And I got another job during that time just to keep me going, you know, money-wise, just to... Didn't pay very well, but it managed to get me through the knowledge. So, I could, uh... so how how do you actually learn it all? <laughs> how do you get it all? It's so scary. I me- I remember seeing a guy who explained it all to me, and you get, you get this big map on the wall, and you got you know say stick two pins in an elastic band, and then so you plan your sort of route around London for learning. So you could do maybe eight or nine runs to try and you know obviously when you finish one, you want to be close to the next one. And, I'm not going to do that. But it's like anything, once you get into it, you sort of probably a bit like you with a podcast before, I'll, I'll never do this. But now, you, you know, you do it, no problem. But uh, it's a bit like that. It's a bit daunting. But mm. once you get started, it's like anything, you sort of pick it up. And the first two years, you're learning sort of stuff you don't know. And then you know it, pretty much know it all. But then you just keep getting tested on it. And it gets really hard work. Yeah, a lot of the roads, thanks to Sadiq Khan, are getting shut now. And... Uh, yeah, the old cycle brigade. I don't want anyone driving on the roads anymore, do they? But uh, you're not a cyclist, are you? I'm not now. <laughs> More of a runner. You got some nice places to cycle where you are, aren't you? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's getting really difficult now with all the 
and then you've got scooters flying around, you've got, you know, you've got your eyes everywhere. So it's quite stressful sometimes. But, uh, mm. Do what you can, really. Do you ever get any footballers? Have you ever had any footballers? Uh, I've picked a lot of celebrities up, but uh, footballers. No, I don't think I have. Well, a few sportsmen, but not, not footballers. Yeah, act, lots of actors, actresses. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm quite good at recognising them. So, uh, yeah, you do meet some nice people. Yeah, 90, 99% people are fine. You get the odd idiot. But, yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. Do you, do you pretend, when you get someone that's quite famous and you know who they are, do you yeah. pretend that you don't know who they are? Sometimes. <laughs> you, you can normally, you know, you get a feel for it whether they want to talk or not. You sort of, you can ask them something. You can tell by their answer whether they want to. I remember I picked up Louis Walsh once, though the X Factor judge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was a right. Yeah, he didn't want. He was on his phone the whole time. Didn't want to talk to you, sort of thing. But fair enough to him. But yeah, he obviously didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> so uh, go back to kind of um, finish where we started in terms of um, like Chesterfield again. Do you kind of keep an eye out then in terms of? I had like, re- Yeah, I had a spell where I wasn't really funny. You know, when I were really struggling in the. Div two, and then obviously they've, they've had a couple of years non-league now, haven't they? So, so did you have a, did you have any games that that stood out or any highlights of your time at Chesterfield? I always put people on the spot when I say this. Yeah, you well, obviously that Blackpool goal was uh, probably one of my highlights, and obviously making my debut and obviously playing at Wembley. Yeah, the playoffs, obviously the most memorable game I suppose. But at least you can say you played at Wembley, don't you? Yeah. Did you keep your shirt from from Wembley? Didn't keep anything, yeah. Yeah, because I've got a friend of Jimmy Carstairs who played for Stockport, um, and he was at Arsenal with me. And he said he, he had he had a couple of Stockport shirts. Some fan just bought them off him for a grand each. A couple of old shirts. I said, oh, I wish I'd get mine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he said they weren't even a special shirt. And I think just the, obviously a fan wanted the shirt. But, uh, Sitting on a gold mine if you, if you had yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't, yeah. I, don't think I don't think I'll get much for mine, though. <laughs>